Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Okay. Who wants to make a difference in this world? Yeah, good. Next week in our 9am service, we have our week four of our Make a Difference uh, path, our, it's not called Make a Difference Pathway, it's called Next Steps. It's about making a difference next week, so if you haven't done that, we'd love to invite you to that. I can relate, hopefully you can relate today. We're in a series on relationships, we are in week three, and uh, today we are looking at six verses from Matthew 7. They give us some practical keys. We like to be practical in this church. We like to give you some keys when you leave here. A little bag of something to take with you that you can use during the week, hopefully. This passage talks about two things. Not passing judgment on others and the importance of using discernment in how close we allow other other people into our lives. Two lovely things. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. Father, we need to hear your words and not mine. And Lord, I pray that as I speak, that your word would go forth, Lord Jesus, that, that it would be fruitful. God, because your word is alive. And it always accomplishes what you set out for it to accomplish. So we open our hearts wide, God, and we say, speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. So I believe it's easy. We can get confused when we start talking about judgment because the Bible tells us to judge and it tells us to not judge. (laughs) Who's confused already? And if we're honest, we we would have to admit that we make judgment calls every day and we need to. So, 1 Corinthians 2.15 says this, But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged by no one. 1 Corinthians 4 says the total opposite, So don't make judgments about anyone ahead of time before the Lord returns, for he will bring our darkest secrets to light and will reveal our private motives then God will give to each one whatever praise is due. Matthew 7, our scripture today, the first part of it says, judge not and you will not be judged. Someone might take this scripture, people can take this scripture and say, how dare you judge me? They're doing something wrong and you say, well, you probably shouldn't be doing that. How dare you judge me? Judge not and you will not be judged. Trying to justify something that they shouldn't be doing. So do we judge? Or don't we? Yes, to both. Yes, we judge. That first scripture I read said, but he who is spiritual judges all things. Now judge in that context means this. It means to discern, to examine, to investigate, to judge. The Bible is telling us that in life we have to be discerning, which means we have to make judgment calls on things that happen. Many, many years ago, Paul and I were looking at buying a house in McGregor. We didn't buy the house. 
But we gave an offer to a real estate agent. We said, this is our offer. We really wanted the house. And he came back and he said, oh, no, it's been rejected. And something inside me went, just like that. No, it didn't go like that. And I said to Paul, honey, he never, he never gave that offer to that real estate agent. And Paul said, really, you think so? I said, yeah, I really think so. And so we asked him and he hadn't. That was a judgment I made. It was a discernment that I, it, not about me, it's about God. We have to make discernment calls in life. I have a friend. I have a friend. No, I'm not saying it in that way. <laughs> I have one friend. No. I have a friend who the trajectory of her life was going like this. And then she started hanging out with some people. And the trajectory of her life started going like this. And so I made a discernment call and I said to her, I love you and the, and the reason I'm saying this to you is because look at all this fruit that's happening right now. Your life has turned this way. And so I've got to tell you, I just don't think that these people are helping you. I have another person that I had to say who was doing, obviously doing the wrong thing. And I had to say to them, that behaviour is harming you. And I won't stay quiet any longer. The Bible tells us that people are known by their fruit. What comes out of our mouth and what we produce can be seen. That people will know we are Christians by our love. These things are discernible. They can obviously be seen and judged. And we are to be discerning. That's what that scripture says that I read out at the beginning of this message. But that is not what Matthew 7 is talking about. So we're switching from being discerning over to Matthew 7. In this passage, Jesus warns about judging others which can really adversely affect relationships. And that's what we're talking about today, having healthy relationships. Let's read Matthew 7. The Passion Version says it like this. Refuse to be a critic, full of bias toward others, and judgment will not be passed on you. For you'll be judged by the same standard that you've used to judge others. The measurement you use on them will be used on you. So this passage is not about discernment and examining. This passage, judge in this passage, do not judge. It actually means to try someone and to condemn and sentence them. We are not to try people and condemn and sentence them. Go to jail, go directly to jail. You will be there for life and you will have no parole. It's basically writing people off from my life. I'm writing you off. Refuse to be a critic, Passion Version says. A critic decides if things are up to scratch, don't they? Yeah, they do. If they meet the standard, if they are good enough. I'll just get out my score sheet 
and write you up, shall I? Who's ever been on a plane or to a restaurant or other things that I've been to and I get a how did, how did we do survey? Hotel, thank you, yes. Ever had a how did we do survey? Come into your inbox? Anyone ever answer those? Some people. I delete them. Anyway. Some people, that's what they do with others in their life. They do a how did you do survey? You offended me five times this week and haven't said sorry. Minus five. You didn't call me when I wasn't well. Minus three. I saw the way you spoke to that person. Do you really think you're a Christian? Minus whatever. You let me down and I am never giving you another chance. And we vote them off the island forever of our life. See, Jesus is saying, and on top of that, he's saying, the measurement we use to judge other people will significantly affect our lives. He says, be aware of the measurement because the measurement we use will be the measurement that's used on us. And when the tables are turned, will we enjoy or like or be able to handle receiving what we've been given? No. We judge harshly, we will be judged harshly. There's another scripture in the Bible that says it like this, as we sow, we will reap. If I show grace, I'm going to have grace come back to me. We choose. We get to choose the measure. And some people are living with the the measure they have handed out to others and merely reaping what they have sown. And that is an uncomfortable place to be for some people at times. The Bible goes on and it says in um, verse 3, Why would you focus on the flaw in someone else's life and yet fail to notice the glaring flaws in your own? How could you say to your friend, let me show you where you're wrong, when you're guilty of even more? You're being hypocritical and a hypocrite. First acknowledge your own blind spots and deal with them and then you'll be capable of dealing with the blind spot of your friend. Here's the message of this passage. This is it. We have to stop judging others in a hypocritical fashion and get the sin out of our own life first. We're to be concerned with our own faults first. Because I have found, I don't know if you've found this, but frequently the ones who are judging it the hardest and are the most critical, the things they're banging on about the most are the things that they have an issue with themselves. Anyone else found that? I might judge my husband who is perfect in every way. Occasionally, once a year, he does something wrong. And I might say, tell him how upset I might be with him. And you know what? Very often the Holy Spirit will say to me, you know you did that last week, yourself. But see, we see. We see all the reasons that we do stuff. We see our own motives and our own 
things that we're going through and we can excuse it, but we, we can't see that in anyone else. And that's the whole point of this. It's like Jesus, when the woman was caught in adultery, he said, okay, guys, he who is without sin, throw the first stone. And they all had to get up and walk away. God is the one who sees what is really going on. He sees clearly. We can't see clearly. God is all-knowing. We aren't all-knowing. Our opinions and judgments of others cannot always be precise. We don't understand people's motives. We cannot judge another person's motives. We can't. You don't know why they're doing what they're doing. I don't know why they're doing what they're doing. I wish I did. I don't know. It's like when someone came into my office many years ago and, and said to me, well, this person has done that. And I said, yes, they have. And this is why they've done it. And this is how it's affected me. And I said, hold on a minute. You're right that they've done it. But you don't know what is going on for them right now. And you know what? It's actually got nothing to do with you. Nothing to do with you. There's all this stuff going on in their world. So maybe a little bit of grace. One of the Greek words translated judge is partially defined as to form an opinion. And it's cross-referenced to the word sentence. When we judge someone else, we firstly form an opinion and then we sentence them. And it's not our job. It's never our job. We had a lady come to this church maybe three years ago and she wrote a letter to the senior minister to complain about this woman who was preaching. <laughs> and she didn't realise she was writing a letter to me to complain about me. So that was fun and it was brutal, baby. It was a brutal, brutal letter. Because she formed an opinion and sentenced me. All she cares about is shoes. Now, look, I joke about shoes probably not very often these days, maybe once every six, not every week, brother. <laughs> if only she knew what I really care about. This city. This nation. People being set free. People being healed. People coming to Jesus. If only she knew what was in my heart. My children, my grandchildren, my husband, my friends. I don't care about shoes. Really, I don't. You're laughing, but it's true, I don't. <laughs> I joke about them. Forming an opinion and sentencing them. It's never our job. That's what, that, that's what that scripture is all about. You know, it goes on though and it says, on the other side of the coin, and I mentioned this at the beginning, it's just as important to understand this in our relationships. Matthew 7, 6. Who would hang earrings on a dog's ear or throw, throw pearls in front of wild pigs? They'll only trample them under their feet and then turn around and tear you to pieces. What does that mean? 
It means this, because we're talking about relationships. We need to be wise with what we share with other people. People. We don't share our heart with everyone. We don't tell the precious things to someone we've just met or to someone who may not value them or who will laugh at them or may even destroy them, who won't treat the special things as precious. Jesus is saying that there is a a balance to this relationship thing. We deal with other people with grace and mercy and we reserve judgment. We don't harshly judge people and try and sort everyone else out without looking at ourselves. And then he says, but be discerning in your relationships. Don't share. Don't overshare. Don't overshare. You're going to get hurt. Oversharing is way too common in the world we live in today. Because of social media. People have become confused about this issue. So they will put things on social media that no one should be putting on social media. Things the world does not need to know. We obviously need to know what you eat. Don't we? You obviously need to have pictures of my grandchildren put on social media. You obviously need that. But you don't need to put the intimate things that no one needs to know. Here you go. Social media has hijacked the word friend and changed it to something it was never meant to be. Under the definition of friend in my dictionary, it says this. uh, The last definition is this. A person associated with another as a contact on social uh, social networking websites. You've never met, but you're Facebook friends. In this example, friendship has been watered down to a contact and people get confused. I have so many friends on Facebook, why am I so lonely? Why am I feeling so disconnected? More disconnected than I've ever felt before. Social media, I'm here to tell you, can work against cultivating real and healthy relationships. And people are living in this sterile and lonely world with no human contact. And it is a real issue in our society today. So I tell my friends on social media things that only a few people should know. Because there are different levels of friendships. There are acquaintances. These are the people who, when they say, how are you, you say, I'm great, how are you? Even if you're not great. Because they're only acquaintances. And I'm not trying to be silly, but, you know, they actually, truth be known, they don't want to know. If you started, if you stopped and started going through all the how you really are, they'd go, Then there are casual friends. You know, you see them every now and then and you have a little bit more in common and so you might have a bit of a deeper level relationship. You're close friends who you tell some stuff to, you pray together, you laugh together. We have that sort of a relationship with the other pastors in this city. We hang out together, we laugh together, we pray together. And then you have your intimate friends. These are a few people who you... They have a deep commitment to you and you have a deep commitment to them. And they are just as able 
to tell you off as they are to encourage you. And when you get together, there's no real introductions. When I get together with my close female friends, like it just, it all comes out. Because everyone else doesn't need to hear it. Sometimes God's the only one that needs to hear it too. Can I say that? Jesus had this. He had the three. He had Peter, James and John. He took them everywhere. They were his intimate friends. And then he had the disciples. They were his close friends. They were the 12. And then he had the 70. And then he had the 120. They were the acquaintances. There are different levels of relationship. And we should be wise to work within those boundaries. That's what that scripture is talking about. But no matter what, no matter what level of relationship we have, we need to be careful of judgment. Why? Because people are precious. People have gold in them. God sent Jesus because of people. The gospel is all about people. And the people outside of the church think we're the most judgmental people on the earth and it shouldn't be that way. If we go through life continually judging people over things, we will automatically have a small life and we will miss out on the richness that people bring to our lives. Because the natural or the world's standard of measurement is justice and judgment. And that's what we all grow up with. We mess up, we do the wrong thing, and justice has to be done and judgment is passed. You break the law, speeding, you get a ticket, fine. And then you're happy when it comes in the mail and you look in your calendar and you say that your husband was driving on that occasion. True story. (laughs) Ah, No, I'm naughty. I'm going to be in big trouble. Do you know what God's standard of measurement for people is? It's not justice and judgment. It's mercy and grace. James 2 verse 13 says, For judgment will be merciless merciless to the one who has shown no mercy, because mercy triumphs over judgment. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Peter McHugh, the guy that built, uh, that started the first church in Canberra many years ago, Paul and I went to it, he says this, God builds wells of grace, not fences of judgment. And because we've all grown up with justice and, and judgment, it seems normal for us to think that that's the way God deals with us. And that's the way we have to deal with everyone. But he doesn't. He doesn't deal with us that way. And he doesn't deal with others that way. He builds wells of grace, not fences of judgment. And so he says, don't be too quick to judge them. Don't jump to conclusions. Become a bigger person. I'm glad that God did not treat me and he never has treated me on the justice scale. Where would I be now if he treated me on the justice scale? Have you ever deserved judgment but received mercy? We all have. How did it make you feel? Relieved thankful 
thankful, humbled, accepted, valued, loved. I've seen it. I've seen it over and over again in my own life, in other people's lives. They're expecting judgment and they receive mercy and they, their whole life changes at that moment. You know, Joseph did this with Mary. Joseph and Mary in the Bible. Mary went to him and said, I'm pregnant with the Lord's child. I mean, he would have gone, you're right. But before he even knew, before the angel had even come and said, it's okay, Joseph, she's telling the truth. He, the Bible says in uh, Matthew 119, it says that he decided to break off the engagement quietly. He didn't want to shame her. He wanted to cover her. Because love covers, the Bible says. It covers a multitude of sins. The Bible tells us that it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. Judgmental people think kindness is overrated. Kindness is not overrated. Kindness is so powerful. It's one of the most powerful things you can give and one of the most powerful things you'll ever receive. God forgives our sins and he shows mercy and grace. And that's what we'd like to receive. That's what we give. You can come up, guys. Thank you. Sometimes the way to a better relationship is just to be less judgmental. Sometimes it's just that simple. Be less judgmental to the people in your world. Don't jump to conclusions. Don't form an opinion and sentence them and write them out. Be a little more gracious and forgiving. Jesus shows us grace and mercy. 1 Corinthians 13 says this, Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Prophecy and speaking unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. It will last forever. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au. We hope to see you in church again this weekend.